Greetings, Lucas here, and um, coming with like a bonus episode. I felt like I had one more left in me, but in lieu of current events, I would like to have this one as a kind of uh, a part two of um, the Trump wars and uh, a part two on um, something I spoke on about threats that we're going to have to um, face in the future. to fact check myself on the um solar maximum as i talk to you because i don't think it's um every 60 years but um solar maximum is something that uh comes around every so often in the cycle of the sun and i think this is in our technological age the first time we're going to deal with it well, we have things like satellites, um, you know, well, we have things like satellites, we have things like uh, airplanes and stuff like that. But I'm going to check my math on that. But, you know, this this uh, is going to be something that um, we're going to endure pretty much from it's start oh okay it's an 11 year cycle believe my last so um you know the last time we had uh uh like the excuse me it's a it's 11 year cycle of the like uh sun's um solar maximum but it happens in its magnetic cycle about every 22 years so 22 years ago you know, we we experienced it, um, you know, and just like a hurricane season, it was bowed, you know, just like a hurricane season, it, it you know, you didn't really get a lot of, I guess, solar storms, as you can call it, from it, and um, these solar storms, like, just go off, like, coronal mass ejections, unique, and uh, when we had these things, um, we had things that uh, happened that we would call uh, sun phase and stuff like that. But, like, you got to think about it like this. Um, 22 years ago, we were worried about Y2K. And, all, well, 22 years ago, we just got finished with Y2K. It was 2001. We had situations going on from, in 
in the time that the cycle would be. We had things going on from 9-11, um, you know, uh, Al-Qaeda and terrorism going on at the time. So we wasn't really focused on it. So, like, if there was stuff that we had experienced and were experiencing doing it, we probably, you know, like, you know, like, okay, uh, if it doesn't really fully shut us down or anything, we didn't notice it. And from what we've learned, it, it was mild. And um, it wasn't as bad as we would, uh, it, it could have been. But they're saying, just like all cycles, you know, every now and then, you have what is a rough cycle. And um, where it, the sun is at a more, I guess you say, um, more events stage, where it's going to have more events thrown on that. Now, they even have this documented in history, but when this happened, we didn't have things like, um, you know, cell phones, cellular, and uh, power grids uh, as extensively as we have them now. So, it was something that largely could not, like, if it did have the ability to knock out something, we wouldn't have noticed it in those times because um, we didn't have them where it would, wouldn't really affect us and stuff like that. We didn't have um, equipment that would take seven years to rebuild, like a power grid takes three to seven years to try to get back in order. You know, like, yes, we could have a CME event and go dark in power grids and have no satellite capability, and, you know, it would take us about three years to get the, the grid back, but we could get it back. We're just going to have to work at archaic, like, uh, standards for a while. So, put a pin in that. Let's just say we have that going on as a threat. As an existential threat, and we have a threat of a huge, possibly volatile solar storm from now until the 23rd. Okay, sorry, not trying to put fear on you with Christmas, but hey, it might be good, along with those gifts, to buy a little bit of extra water and candles and stuff, um, blankets, um, you know, Thick pajamas and you know stuff like that keep your house a little extra warmer in case you leave lose power in the middle of the night or during the day, so that your home is warm and you can stay warm in your home. Because uh, right now we're experiencing another kind of threat. It's um, a very um, cold nor'easter hitting the northern part of the United States, and that effect um, of the cold front is being seen all across the United States with low, cool temperatures and stuff like that. Even in the Caribbean, they're having cold temperatures. So we have those two things going on. Put a pin on them, they're in the background. But that's not enough. We have the war with Ukraine going on where Ukraine is not getting aid anymore from America. And that's pretty much, we're not making any decision on it. We're saying that we rather give the money to Israel, Hamas, and um, we don't have the money for them. So we got people that we've been backing, supporting, and stuff, feeling like, um, you know, America's kind of turning their back on us. Uh, um, even their president came here and pleaded for the aid. And it's now to a point where Putin 
totally expected this. We expected at some point our good amnesty was going to run out and we wouldn't give them aid and they would fail without it. And then, you know, he would be able to seize and march a strong blitz on the country and possibly take it, which they're fearing that could possibly happen once the aid and support runs out. So Putin gaining Ukraine, then Putin has uh, Poland and uh, Germany, you know, pretty much once he gains that land right near him, where to that point he could be like, you know what, let's take Poland and um, Germany and try to extend his, I guess, Russian manifest destiny um, to the east a little bit more. But he's not the only country right now that has visions of grandeur. Uh, we have countries that are like probably about at our level, but like they're at a point where they need the resources for heating and stuff like that because they're having earthquakes and they're having record cold um, fronts. And that um, would be China. Now, if you don't know, there is a good pipeline that runs through China that is used by Russia, and it runs through Mongolia. So, here's the thing. If Putin wanted to try to take Mongolia, it would be like Ukraine. But Putin knows that if he tries to take Mongolia, China will respond to him. And he knows that China needs the oil. So, what we have is kind of a silent partnership with the both of them. So, here's the thing. If Putin gets Ukraine, Putin has wheat, soy, and rich natural oil, natural gas land. So, Putin has this, and then China was to grab the uh, Mongolian they would have a handshake where they would have a good little bit of resources in a time where we could possibly have calamity come from weather or the sun, you know. Mind you, if you pay attention to, like, politics and who aligns with who, you have another country that's having visions of grandeur at this point, and that's Venezuela. Venezuela um, has... Uh, a manifest destiny that they're thinking of their own, where they want to um, seize the Gababayan portion of, um, excuse me, I can't, uh, can't really put the, um, Guyana for um, their currency. Now, this has um, also secretly drummed up Brazil trying to come to the port of Guy Guyana because. If you uh, look at this region on the map, if they took this region from north to the south of Guyana, it would split the country in half. It would make their country, um, it would make Venezuela almost a fourth more larger and make uh, Guyana pretty much like a sliver of a country. Now, here's the thing, you know. Say you get that portion, of the Guyana gets that portion of land, and they're just like Russia would be if they got Ukraine, and they looked a little bit towards, hey, 
you might as well get the whole thing. We got the one half of it without hardly any, you know, you know, like pain to us. So it wouldn't really pain us to really get the rest of it. That's why Brazil is like, now nah, we got to stop this because if they take this sliver, surely they'll take the whole country. And if they take the whole country, they're at our border. And then what happens if they want to take us? You know, people that like look for expansive growth of their country um, is like the person like when you say you can't just eat one Lay's potato chip. Um, they want the whole bag. So you got to look. A lot of these countries are have great resources in oil off the coast of this area that they're trying to take is bad, bad um, pool of oil. It's getting down to climate change really having an effect on us because people everywhere in the world are fighting over resource. China is trying to get the, the resource rich, also tech, um, technologically um, advanced area of Taiwan. And Taiwan knows it. We have North Korea, you know, that wants to just like have all-out war so they could have one whole Korea under President Kim Jong-un. So, if you haven't noticed, every name of the person that's in the leadership of these countries uh, favors themselves an autocrat. And we've heard a candidate for the presidency of the United States kind of praising these strong men for being dictators in their country that he had pleasant relations with them. Well, most of the autocrats that that we spoke of just a while ago all have pleasant relationships with other autocrats. It's countries that like value democracy that they have odds with. So, you're starting to see almost what we call an axis like we had in World War I, World War II, between countries that have autocratic leaders. At the mean at the same point in that we have a leader that's primed or in what he thinks is going to be his unabashed full sweep into the presidency of the United States. Um, if you ask him today he'd tell him he he he's already got the election won praising these people, saying that he might be a dictator the first couple days when he's in office to try to change some of the things back, but he's not going to try to be a dictator. Now, here's the thing. If they, they, you know, we listen to Trump and we, we hear him say things, and we take it as he's just joking, and a lot of times he's dead serious. You might have laughed at it thinking it's a joke, but he, he was serious. So, seriously, if he does get elected, he's going to try on dictator for a day. Now, here's the thing. The man loves power as much as he loves money. So, if he put it on for a day, you think he's not going to wear it for a week? If he wears it for a week, you don't think he's going to try it for a month? If he tries it for a month, doesn't really get any strong pushback. Don't you think he's going to try that the rest of his presidency? 
So there we have it. The stage is set. The only thing we could do now is like, hey, he's got a followership where these people love him no matter what he says. They're going to vote for him. So some states is like, well, he violated the 14th Amendment with the insurrection, and we're just going to take him off ballot because of the 14th Amendment. People like Arnold Schwarzenegger, Arnold Schwarzenegger will be unsuitable for the office of presidency because he was a natural born citizen. Other things, like uh, if a person have a criminal record, they are not suitable for the office of presidency just due to um, that. So they're kind of trying to use the fact that he caused the insurrection of almost civil war. He's not fit for the office of presidency. Just like uh, they would have did a Jeff Davis back in the civil war, after the civil war, if he decided, hey, I still got the South with me. Why don't I just run for president? He's unsuitable for the office because he led uh, opposition during, uh, you know, uh, occupation against the United States. So, the stage is set. Like I said, Trump has played his hand where it's damned if he does, damned if he doesn't. Um, they've been taken off of the ballot in Colorado. Three other states said they're looking to do the same thing. Okay. Now, Trump's trying to take this to the Supreme Court and make them push a decision on it well before the election. Trump knows that he has appointed a majority of Supreme Court justices, and he expects them, just like he did the DOJ during the investigation, to show him um, favor, to um, to show him um, gratitude, or you know, humble unto him because he put them where they are. That's what he expects. He expects loyalty, unflinching loyalty from them. So, the stage is set. If they were to say all of the justice said, like, no, we're going to support and back Colorado, then you got people acting up because, oh, they're trying, they've been compromised, like Mike Pence, and they're trying to, you know, take our country away from us, our leader away from us. And you got them in the streets, just like January 6th, saying, probably saying, hang the justices, just like they said, hang Mike Pence, because Mike Pence wouldn't do what Trump wanted him to do and overturn the election. We're there again. And most people aren't noticing it because, you know, it's the holiday season. And um, most people aren't really paying attention to it. They, the election's a while out, so it's like, oh, you know, this is just some buzz. We're not really too concerned about it. We're concerned about what he's saying and stuff like that. But, like, we're here again. When he was a lame duck, people were like, oh, he's a lame duck. We're not really concerned what he's saying. He lost the election. He's no longer the president in January 6th happened. I feel that if they take him off the um, ballot in three more states, we're going to have people acting up somewhere in the United States, guaranteed. So here's the thing. We have um, this war looming. We have threats looming. Now imagine, I say I, 
all things that uh, could possibly go wrong will go wrong. Uh, Murphy's Law, or I don't know if it's Darwin. I get them sometimes confused. But um, due to that, I believe the greatest threat is multiple things happening at once. Trump drumming up uh, people to uh, go against the government and be subversive uh, because he's getting removed from ballot. A major crippling weather event happening and possibly portions of the United States or portions of the world uh, going through um, uh, you know, pretty much uh, warfare where like the country um, is took by uh, you know powerful um, enemies um, to the United States, and now they have a little bit more power, a little bit more resources, and then uh, climate-related or ethnic-related type events, you know, crippling everyone. Well, if I already done fought the war and got the resources. I got the resources. This election still would go on and stuff, even if we were building back stuff. But then it happened on the last guy's watch. So that tends to take people away from that guy. Like, what did you do to prevent this? This perfect storm of crap that we have, what did you do to prevent it? You don't believe that people would, like, turn on uh, a leader that has favor in this point, look at how the job scenario happened and people turned, started Democrats or pro-Trump or Biden people started to like sour on him. And right now, there is nobody in the Democratic Party that's trying to primary and run as a Biden option, too. So that happened. Trump then seduces and talks to these people and pulls them over to his thing. Trump gets elected in a time of strife and chaos because people think he's the only man that can fix it because he tells you that. But Trump gets in office and then Trump thinks that we need to align with China and Russia because they have the resources and we can all be strong together. And under his rule, if you um, give him four years of like really being a dictator, he will change America for the better and make it great again. That's the premise. That's the theory. That's what I think is going to happen. Um, but the thing you need to ask yourself is what happens in the process? It always scared me when Trump talked about building a wall because when you build up walls and stuff to keep stuff out, you're definitely like, so say if I build up walls to like, like, well, we see it in construction. A house has overgrown vegetation and stuff around it, and then the house gets, uh, or the property gets a lot of mice and stuff like that. And to prevent those mice from going into neighboring houses, neighboring constructions, they build a vermin wall around the property and seal it off. But this is to keep stuff from coming out. 
imagine if you're in a country and you want to keep stuff from coming in. You can't keep stuff from coming in if you think you have the enemy behind your gate. So what you're going to do? You're going to have a mass deportation. He flirted mass deportation most people don't even realize in his first ter- um, term. He flirted like, why don't I just get um, have like uh, the um, National Guard and immigration just do a massive sweep? He proposed that in his first term when he was talking about a wall. They run hand in hand. And listeners, I'm going to tell you that idealization's been floating around the Alamorada area where he's from since they did the 2004 sea rise study where country, uh, well, agencies that deal in, you know, migrants and um, things at sea of taking up migrants had these programs called in-game. Operations where they planned, like, what would we do if we needed to stop a mass wave of immigrants? And then you saw these practices trained play out before your eyes, and you had the mass um, of people trying to come from Cuba, which in this event had Ileon Gonzalez and all that stuff coming about. You saw it being implemented right then. But these ideals were not ushered by government. These ideals were ushered by, you know, a super a group of the super rich that proposed it because they were having a lot of landing of migrants at their their estates. And then when Trump got there and had a home there, he was in this group, in these people. And he took that little ideal and like, I'm going to use that. 48 laws of power, you see a good ideal and you're not, somebody's not using it. It's not sneaky or shady to take it as your own. If you have the means to make it real. So, we had that being done. So, what I'm trying to urge the public is be ready. Uh, 2024 is going to be a great year, I hope, for everybody, but still, you know, like, if you had a bag with, like, your toothbrush and, you know, extra clothing and some water and some first aid gear in your house just ready to go if you need it or in the trunk of your car, it ain't a bad thing. You never know when that might that bug out bag might be handy. It's, it, you never know when those canned goods might be needed. Those non-perishable foods might be needed. That extra water that you have in your house might be needed. That old school kittle to heat water and the little propane tank that you have that like could be like a camp stove might be needed. Never know. But as we move forward, we're going to start seeing all these threads start to come together into some kind of threat.
um, because you know there, there's no way to really neutralize the Trump threat unless you pull him off the ballot, and pulling him off the ballot brings another threat. So there will be a conflict one way or the other. I'm not saying get guns and get ready to go to war. I'm saying be a little bit more prevalent. Bring your head out of your social media, your TikToks, your Twitter, your televisions, your Marvel movies, your Marvel shows. Bring your head out of the hole for a bit. You know, don't look at the cannon feather and look at the field and know that the field might be stacking against you, the citizens. Prepare. You know, I hate to tell people, like, when they talk, like, I have friends that are gun owners, you know, and they talk about, oh, man, you know, I, that's why I own a gun. This stuff goes bad in the government. But here's the thing that you're not paying attention to. Have you ever, do you keep up with the prices of ammunition? Do you pay attention to that? Uh, if you got an effing and it uses a 6-4 round, or if you got a 9mm and it uses a, a Glock 17, it uses a 9mm round, have you looked and seen sometimes where it's like, there is no 9mm round that you can buy? This happens a lot, folks, in crisis, right? After school shootings, people fear that they're going to drive the price of ammunition up, so they go buy it in mass, and then there's none available. It's scarce. Guess what happens every winter around Christmas? When people feel that, like, I got gifts and stuff in my home, I need to protect my home a little more. Ammunition gets bought up. So right now, some types of ammunition hard to get. So what good is your weapon if you only got ammunition for a couple days and you might need ammunition for a month? At the point when you exhaust your ammunition, if tactically, I would tell you I would just sit back and just cause all kind of thought to be like little chaos and rattling of your gates to get you to fire off as many rounds of your ammunition as possible. And then when I, when I rattle your gates and I can't hear any more fire, oh, he's out. Storm. Storm his gates. You'll have that kind of scenario. All right. I hate to say, like, I sometimes use my military brain, even as a veteran, but I do. And you got to think of tactically... If something goes down, like I said, most people aren't even fit enough to deal with the occupational stress of protecting their home, their family, 24-7. You might know how to use a weapon, but if you get knocked in the head or you have some kind of injury where you can't, your wife can't pick up that weapon and handle it just as well as you because you ain't trained her. If you go to one of these militia groups like the people that support Trump, they train their wives. Oh, here's the cold, cold water. They're training their kids. 
You ever went to a range and seen the father son? And a small boy, not even 12 years old, can shoot a rifle or a pistol? Been taught how to load it, clean it? Let's just say the people that like would be violent in support of Trump, the far, far to one side people, these people train. These people can endure because they they got bug out bags. They got fallout shelters. They got bunkers. They got militia groups where they house their resources to survive and stuff together. Have meetups where they meet up and train and skill. And alternate forms of communication where they can stay connected, like ham radio. So when you hear Trump talking that rhetoric about blood of America, then he highlights groups by ethnic origin places like Asia, China. I'm sorry, like Asia, Africa, and, you know, um, Mexico. He's not saying these countries. He's talking about the people from those countries racially. He's talking about skin color. And if you have states where governors that are pro-Trump make legislation off of anything Trump says, his talking points, then we have a problem. Because if you give local police the power to be like, yo, show me your citizenship papers. It sounds a little reminiscent of slavery, right? Oh, you're a free black man? Show me your freedom papers. Show me. Are we going to take you right back to this plantation? Show me or I'm going to put you into bondage because I think you're a slave. I don't think you're free. That Karenistic element has been on the rise, yes? And here's another element that's been on the rise. I, I like to play around the whole spectrum of what's been seen. There's been a lot of um, violence from young African Americans towards white Americans that you've been seeing, like, I'm pretty sure you've seen a video of a kid slamming his teacher or a kid fighting a white child in school or, like, attacking them and uh, fighting them for some reason and it being filmed, kids being handcuffed and took out of school. Normally, there's sometimes kids of color, which causes outrage of us saying this over-policing, this wrong, and stuff like that, and causing the white populace to say that we're not in control of our children. But there was a time when the white populace, to have cold water on both sides, had angst and uprage in their children. And that time was during the lunch counter sit-ins, right before segregation and segregation when these hyper-racialized kids in these households were seeing their world change. Like when the little girl went to school and you're seeing this little 
little child being cussed, spit at, stuff thrown at her as she gets walked into the school. You know, like the the sheet music plays the same, but the the band sometimes, you know, comes a little slower. We have that going on. But right now we have major league distractions. Like in, in those times when stuff like that was happening, you saw it every day because people didn't have a TikTok. People didn't have celebrities to throw up in there and be like, okay, distraction. You know, they didn't have the day-to-day distractions that we carry in our pockets that we just can't seem to go to sleep without watching TikTok or the Tuesday little things or the Wednesday little things that's on Twitter. They didn't even have porn back in those days. Readily available at their hand to be a distraction. We do. So something could happen tomorrow and they could have been hitting you with it on the news all day and as a general populace of Americans age 20 to like what, 40? They don't even watch the news. They don't pick up a newspaper. So something could be happening in your neighborhood and unless you see it, you wouldn't even know. The threat could be so close to your family, but it's just on the side of town that you don't go to. But that mob is getting, yo, we finna go to this side of town and take it. Here's the thing. Minorities in America, I'll have to applaud you all. Y'all are welcoming. We're nurturing to other people. And that's a good thing. I don't think we should ever change that, but we should be mindful that sometimes when you leave the fire for the stray animals to sit and warm themselves and leave the food out, that a wolf might come in. Coyote might come in. Um, we're, we're, we got to remember Dylan Roof walked into a neighborhood and into a church. You know, when these people go and shoot up synagogues, they go into a community and into a place of worship. When these people even get mad at massage parlors, they go into a community and into a target with well-trained precision. They say it's lone wolf, yeah. But what happens when the lone wolves become a pack? And they're making tactical moves. Okay, we're going to run the diversion over here. And we're going to attack here. We're going to do a basic banging breach. Shock and awe. 
operation that most Americans, yeah, security and people wouldn't even recognize. Like, oh yeah, we got, there's a fire over there? Okay. That security guard, if he ain't been through the military, had any background and like, this could be a diversion. He's not going to pay attention to it. He's going to go to it. The group's going to storm the front door. They're in there. Stuff like that happens. Now, we've had lone wolves get into malls, get into movie theaters and stuff like that. So when we're thinking about the crazies that Trump could drum up, he's drummed up lone wolves. But what happens when they pack up? You know, what happens if like they they pack up and then they have a Overwatch element? Like the guy didn't climb the water tower, and he's got a sniper rifle, and they're trying to storm an area, and it's a neighborhood that's not there. They're trying to take it and force these people out. Right, and people are coming out to defend their, their their neighborhood, but they've never been in combat. They don't know how to defend themselves from a sniper and ground forces at the same time. It can happen. These lone wolves train in militia, military, guerrilla warfare. So the Trump threat is scary. Scary at best, especially if you have kids. We've had crazies running the schools. Now, so I'm saying, not just only prepare yourself with means and resources to take care of yourself and family. Change your awareness. Pay attention to your politics in your neighborhood. Pay attention to things happening around you. Turn on the news a little bit. Read a newspaper. Then you can go back to your TikToks because when the TikTok gets new, it's already too late. By the time the news hits Twitter, it's already happened. And we're reacting. We're being reactive and not Preventive. It takes a village. And if half the village sleep and nobody ain't looking out, the village falls. Um, 2024, I'm hoping, will be great. We won't have any calamities from SMEs. We won't have any calamities from earthquakes and stuff like that. But if you've been paying attention, We've been, they've been hinting that certain calamities or something are overdue to like Yellowstone to all kinds of stuff overdue to happen, but it generally happens in the cycle. Big, the big one generally happens in the cycle. You know, flooding, uh, you know, tidal waves, tsunamis, you know, massive cold front like we're having. We'll see. Only thing I'm going to say is, like, going into the new year, enjoy your time with your family. Enjoy the holidays. Well, when we go into the new year, come out a little more vigilant. Pay a little attention a little more because it is election cycle, 
and nine times out of ten, either before election cycle or after election cycle, we have crazies. We have the person that feel that their voice was unheard, their leader wasn't installed, and they act up. Oh, be a little bit more vigilant. Pay attention to your surroundings, pay attention to the news and stuff like that, and go with your gut. If you wake up that morning and be like, "Eh, you know what, little Johnny, I'm going to keep you home today. I'm going to call in sick. I feel like I just want to be with my family today. Do that. Because that instinct is there for a reason. When you have these kind of instincts, don't let devices or you know, naysay and stuff like um, deter you. I had um, the instinct to want to tell you guys this information so I could better prepare you. You know, and if I prepare at least one person, my job is done. I'm not trying to prepare somebody to go out and be a crazy. No, I'm trying to prepare you just to be like vigilant. That to modify your behavior, adapt to the situations around you, and to overcome all obstacles. Modify, adapt. Get ready and let's uh, go into this new year. Love your family. Hold them a little close. You know, say I'm sorry to somebody that's wronged you. Um, forgive. Uh, you know, make up and reconnect with old friends that you ain't talked to in years. You know, don't wait till a class reunion because they might not make it to a class reunion. You know, pick up your phone. You always got your phone in your hand. Pick up a phone and call your parents, your aunties, you know, your uncles, your cousins. You know, because your your first castle that you protect is your family. You know, the second is your your home, your town, your state. Let the holiday season be what it is for most Americans. A time of coming together, a time of peace, happiness, and celebration with family. And as always, this is Uncle Lucas, Lord of Love, Peace, and uh, let's stay a little bit more vigilant, folks. One.